We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Andy Lou, we are back. Ooh, full name today. Wow, a lot of pods this week. We're we're pumping out the content. Um, I wanted to start by thanking everyone who joined us for the draft show yesterday. And for those who didn't join it, I want to thank you. If you either uh, if you you listen to it on our pod feed, we'd appreciate yeah. it. You know, rate five stars, listen to it, do all that good stuff. That was, you know, I've been so excited for that draft show for months. And it felt like such a gut punch when we got the clay news literally 20 minutes before we started. Like on some level, I just have to laugh a little bit because it feels so cursed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough one. I, I think you took it a little bit harder than me um, in the moment. Yeah. And then, and then I, think, I think today I took it harder than you uh, when it happened. So it was a little bit like – it was a little bit different – um, but it's tough. It's tough because yeah, did you, did you see the Bob Myers presser? It seemed like he was like, like, I, like he was DJ. I did. Funeral. Yeah. I was going to funeral. I should say, I was going to say like, I, one thing Ooh. I relate to Stefan is when, when things go bad, I, I get like very, uh, I get like a blank stare. Like I check out, like, I, I feel like I was, I rewatched part of it. I feel like I do that thing where like, you know how, like when Steph is having a bad game, he looks like, 
he's staring into another universe. You're like, where's your head at, dude? You know? Meanwhile, you 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 kind of try to push through it. You're a little more Draymond here. Like, moral of the story. Yeah, it's like Stephen well, Draymond here. <laughs> I just had to – I really just was trying to work an analogy to compare myself to Steph. To Steph. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine – by the way, I also can't imagine what Steph and Dre are feeling like. But, you know, I will say that the show was a, a massive success. Um, I think we had like almost – I think at the peak, almost like 700 people. Just uh, live really- watching another – 10,000 streaming it uh, after the fact. Uh, you know what my favorite part of the show was? Uh-oh. I think the guests kind of really hit every mood. Like, Bonte Hill was just perfect for, like, an emotional pick-you-up in a moment when we thought, like, everything was screwed, right? And then, like, Andrew Sharp, friend of the show, was kind of perfect for kind of letting us sort through our feelings, and then finally, we bring Slater in to really get us like big picture thinking beyond. Like I, I feel like it was a very therapeutic show. I, I was meant to get more excited about James Wiseman, and we'll talk about James Wiseman today. But all things considered, Clay Thompson is kind of the bigger story in Warriors world. Yeah, uh, there, there's nothing bigger. I, you know, it's I also once I got through my feelings, I was I'm very. Uh, I'm very – I don't like the, hey, this thing is over uh, attitude. Right. I, I actually – I hate it. <laughs> it actually very much annoys me. Now, if you're Steph Curry and Draymond Green doing that, like, of course. Like, dude, we're not players. Like, those guys are really good friends with Clay Thompson, right? So, it's like you get it from their perspective. I just think if you're, you know, front office or if you're a fan or something like that, I think there has to be – you can't just be like, all right, like, let's – like, the season's fucked. Right? Like I I'm, just, I'm I don't, I really don't like that. Yeah. I, it just, it really annoys me. It irks me. And I think like the, the, a lot of the fans are not like that, but you see some of that and you see it. Some media too, are just like, whoa, whoa, is the war? Like they're done this blah, blah. And I just, I don't get it. It's like, look, Joe Lacob just paid $80 million Sam, <laughs> to pick up a guy. That's probably going to be pretty average, but they're going for it. They're trying. Yeah. I want to talk about clay real yeah, quick we before, yeah, before we get into everything else. Um, I thought Bob Myers said it best. There's two guys in the NBA who are universally beloved, him and Derrick Rose. Mm. And mm. it is kind of true. Have you noticed Clay is the only player other the only guy that other teams fans don't insult? You know, with Steph there's a jealousy factor. Yes. With Draymond, just everything about Draymond's yeah. always going to be love-hate. Like it's just how it goes. But Clay is just kind of the cool guy that everyone wants to be friends with and everyone universally respects. He's kind of got that mystique because of his big game performances, which are real, by the way. The dude's – whatever it is, he has it, right? He was playing the greatest game of his life before Torres ACL. Like very right. simply put, in, in quite possibly like one of the greatest like, – like that third – that three peat to cap off, you know, that, that three year stretch and the five year stretch would have been amazing. And, you know, something almost tells it tells me that they would have done it. Right. And like, that's exactly what clay is. It is crazy. Like nobody hates, like I saw even like the darkest depths of Twitter, you know, when, when people still hate on the warriors, they were hating on Steph when that clay. News I know. Came out. I saw like, like, oh, Steph's it, getting exposed now. But it's, it's like, like, it's like, never whoa, about what? clay though, Sam. Yeah. It's never, about even in that moment, it's about Steph Curry. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but yeah, the clay stuff is, it is truly amazing. And I mean, where are you with one, you know, we don't need to get into the psychology of like how much this sucks. He rehabbed literally camp is going to open in 
11 days and this happens to him. Like that's just brutal. Um, torn Achilles could not be a worse injury for basketball. And um, I mean, where, where does clay go from here as a player? Yeah. So Woj did tweet. And I think Bob Myers did say that they plan on him making a full recovery. Um, the timeline that was thrown out was nine months. Uh, I, That's you know, obviously of course, done for the season, but yeah. that would mean he could start next season. Yes, uh, he would, and, and probably not, right? Like he's probably going to be. It'll probably be like twelve months at this point, especially after an ACL. There, of course, they're going to say it's a full recovery. I don't think, like, I don't think he's done by any stretch. Like, again, like, uh, he does need athleticism. Like, he's not the quickest guy or the leaper, but you need to play his type of defense. You still need like a lot of stability on knees, legs, feet, all of that. Right now, that's all messed up. Um, so he still needs all of that. But I don't think. Like I don't, like I don't think there's a level of explosion that he's gonna miss. I think it's a little bit similar to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, like amazing athlete, but he doesn't really operate on that type of explosion either. He's so tall, he's so smooth. Like you can't guard him with a smaller guy, so right. he's unstoppable regardless. Or sorry, a bigger guy. And I think some of that's with Clay Thompson. I think if Steph Curry, fingers crossed, God forbid, had this, I don't injury, even go I there. would. <laughs> right, but but like I think it would be a lot more worrisome for someone like Steph, who's smaller, who uses a lot of his quickness, change of pace. Yeah, he's lost a little bit in the last couple of years. I think if Clay loses that, I don't think it's that bad. To me, the the bigger worry with Clay is I think his days of averaging twenty and being a second option are officially done. Um, I don't know that off of those two injuries you can count on Clay being the 35-minute, 40-minute a game in the playoffs, Iron Man. I think the next chapter of Clay's career, I do agree with you. I think he can be wildly effective, but he might have to move to like a Manu Ginobili role where he doesn't really play Why was that the player that I was drinking, uh, thinking of right now? Why was that the player that was in my head? Yeah. Uh, because in our heart of hearts, we like to imagine them as the next Parker Manu Ginobili. That's why. You know, and quite frankly, you know, if their bodies don't all break down, that's kind of who they're going to be. Right. But what I was what I was going to. Yeah. My point is, I wonder if. And so that changes the Warriors trajectory. Forget this year going forward. It kind of puts the onus on the Warriors to need to find. Someone else to be a lead option with Steph. So Clay, when he comes back, doesn't feel the need to have to average 25 and quite frankly re-injure himself for the third time and I think and I think that's okay I think that's how that's how sports works right it's like you can't look unless you tell me even Scotty Pippen had a he what did he had a broken back or something like some you know right. a lot better than me like like even MJ and Pippen had had, had injuries well MJ actually might not have ever <laughs> he might not have ever had anything uh, or you just, just MJ MJ's like LeBron where they're just like there's a level of physical lottery yeah, you just don't get hurt ever. It's yeah. just not possible. Um, but I think that was – the Warriors were always going to need a little bit more. Maybe this season, maybe they were going to have enough to win a championship. I right. thought they could have. But I think they were always going to need an extra guy. Um, and that's why it's cool. It's not cool that Clay got hurt. But I think it's cool that they hung on to that pick. They drafted James Wiseman, who I believe still has the highest upside in the draft, uh, who has the highest floor in the draft. And he could be that superstar. Maybe not. But then next season, you have the Minnesota pick and you draft Jalen, whoever the fuck. 
And then that guy could literally be the half the guys in the top 10 are named Jalen. So it's a good guess. It's a, I, I think we make this joke every week, but I, whatever. Uh, but it's like, I think that's cool. Like, I don't think there was ever a reason to say like, oh, we're going to flip this pick for like that, that two pick for like a mediocre guy, right? Like Aaron Gordon, not that they were going to do or Miles Turner or something like that. Right, like, right. No, no, someone no, no, who, no. someone who's going to be better than James Wiseman in the 2020-21 season. But like, if you're looking at a five-year window, there's no way that it's a better, it's a better gamble. And I think that even if you like, let's say they win one championship, and I think that's a lot, right? In the next three years, sure, right? it's definitely not. Well, I can make the case this year, maybe if you want to get delusional. But one in the next three years. But let's say you get <laughs> Wiseman and the next guy, right? And the next guy, next uh, the next year, let's say you don't trade it because um, because you Giannis really like the guy, him. right? Yeah, you get them, and you get those two, and those guys end up being like really like tier B uh, stars in three, four years. Like I think at end of the road, Steph Curry, end of the road, uh, Clay Thompson you're, you're are good enough the, to squeeze out another championship. You're talking like the Kawhi Leonard dream scenario. Yeah, like scenario. that's the dream scenario. Yeah, that's why course. I said tier B. That's why I said tier B. Yeah. Like Kawhi's like tier A plus, right? Uh, so tier B. Yeah, but, but like, I think that's not a bad scenario, man. Like I don't, I just don't think that the sky, well, the sky is kind of falling. I just don't think it's. I think what sucks is, I, first off, I agree with you. Um, all hope is not lost in terms of the big picture, but I think what really sucks is not just warrior fans, but the warriors specifically Steph Clay and Draymond were so excited to have their revenge tour where we get to see if they can win a title without KD, um, with that as like the main nucleus. And when I say the main nucleus, I mean like, you know, Steph will average 30, Clay will average 25, Draymond will do his Draymond thing. And it's like, that is like truly the glue of the team. And I don't think we're ever going to see it. I think when Clay comes back, his role is going to be much different and we'll be so far removed from that. They can definitely win a title with the three players on the roster, but it's not going to be running it back 2015 style. And I think that's what sucks because of the, yep. how long the layoff was. I just wanted them to have the opportunity. Like, yeah. forget if they forget if it happens. They they deserve the opportunity. Do you think though that they just can't do that next season again? I, I my argument before the season was that yes. everyone's like, oh, these guys are done. Like he's getting old, but it's like not really. Not I like- fundamentally don't think cl- there's any scenario in which Clay off of two ligament tears one being the Achilles in his 30s can be asked to play the role but maybe he they played don't need in him 2015 to. or 16 but may, no 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 but maybe they don't need to win that way again 2014 15 15 16 isn't that by default then not the revenge tour isn't that like but, a, the next iteration it's like a different iteration that's what i'm saying but like but but let's say for example Wiseman turns out to be uh DeAndre Jordan by next season okay so, so he's DeAndre Jordan. Um, You're talking like peak, like good, great rim protector and lob yep. threat. So he reaches that next season, which which maybe is a little far of a reach, but I don't I don't think it's that that big of a reach. They get him. Draymond is is fine. He is who he is. He's not as great as before. Clay is like he's coming off those injuries. Steph is same thing. They're all lowered a little bit, but they find another guy, like a fifth guy, that's pretty good, right? He's obviously not. Maybe that's Andrew Wiggins. I don't think. 
Like, I, I don't think that team is automatic. And if they win with that team, I don't think it's like, oh, like these guys got like this superstar to come help them. Like, I don't think next season coming around that they need an MVP okay. to win a championship. So, yeah. Like they can, they can find like, like another couple wings that are really good. Um, and I think they could still win a title next season. I th- look, they may not, but I don't think it's impossible. But if you ask me like three seasons from now, can they do that? Yeah, obviously it's like, no, there's no, no chance. I just I feel like I need to temper the expectations for what Clay can be. I feel confident that he can be a good NBA player. I feel like his days of being an all-star are over, and I kind of think the Warriors need a second all-star besides Steph. So whether it's James Wiseman, you don't think it's you know, um, I think he's not there anymore either. So yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'd like. When to me, when people say the dynasty's over, I partially agree. I think the days in which it's those three players as the highest usage guys on your team are over. And any iteration of the Warriors that's successful with them on the roster might involve Draymond and more importantly, Clay taking a smaller role, taking a role like Iguodala or Livingston or those guys had in the past where it's not that they're bad players. It's just they're older and there's, they've been banged up and it's yeah. just not fair to ask Clay to do what he did in 2016 off of two. Yeah. Um, to, to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's logical. I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more thinking if they fill out the rest of the roster so that Quinn cook, or Alfonso McKinney aren't playing big minutes in playoff games, right? Like it is to me kind of up to Bob Myers and, and Steve Kerr. Uh, Joe Lacob is off the hook. Like the guy, it will, it, it's, he will spend no matter what. And I, it, it, I don't think he even cares who he gets at this point. Just get me someone that may be good and I will pay for that. Um, so to me, it's like, Steve Kerr, can you build a system around these guys to win another title. Bob Myers, can you find good players so that we're not watching Quinn Cook clank shots over and over, wide open shots over and over again? Um, and I think that I'm not going to discount that they can't do it one more time. I, so I, that that's my take. I, I choose to believe they do have one more run in them. Um, and maybe some of that is relying on James Wiseman too. Um, but I, I, Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're just going to agree to disagree on what one more run means. To me... It's one more. Just gonna be, they're just going to be a fundamentally different team, which is fine. It's good. I think they can win a title with these guys on the roster, but it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And the second reason it's going to be hard is I guess we should start talking about this. Clay is making $40 million a year. Steph is making 45 Draymond's making 25 I'm kind of averaging it out a little bit. It's a little lower than all those figures. But, um, this is really their only summer they can spend because they have these exceptions. Going forward, everything's going to have to be draft or trade. So it's going to be hard for them to build around this roster. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, let, let's pivot this to... You don't, you don't the, trust in Justinian Jessup is what I'm hearing. And, and that really annoys me. Uh, I really annoy- the new The new Duncan Robinson? Yeah, <laughs> really. Come on, Nico Mannion, the new – what is he? What is he compared to? I don't know. But your point, yeah, you were going. Obviously, <laughs> crafty, crafty white point guard who's good out of the pick and roll has to be Steve Nash, right? He, he is a great decision maker. That is, that is the scouting report on him. So um, um, I, will, I will take that. But we'll, we'll move here. So now the Warriors are entering this weird season. Clay is gone. 
And they have three exceptions. They have the traded player exception they got for Iguodala last year, which is up to $17.2 million. They have the mid-level exception, which is $5.6 million. And they're, they're probably going to get the disabled player exception because Clay is missing the full year. Um, the way that works, I just want to clarify this for listeners. You only get the DPE, disabled player exception, if a doctor rules it's medically impossible for Clay to return by game seven of the NBA finals. In other words, a doctor has to say there is no circumstance in which his, he can be healed by, I think it's July 22nd this year. And I think it's a pretty good shot. They're going to get that because eight months, eight months, because there's not a doctor who's going to say, yeah, he should play off of an ACL tear than a second Achilles tear. In second, first sorry, Achilles. second injury that is yeah. an Achilles. T- like th- th- it's just medical malpractice. To be like, oh, I'll give me back in six months. Like you know, <laughs> so so they'll get that. So so Sam sources say, says they'll get that. Uh, wh- Sam, when do they? <laughs> when do they get that though? What when they, can they I use it know. tomorrow? Free agency? I, no, I doubt it. But I think okay. the only thing that matters is if they have indication they're going to get it. Yeah, they can. They can. They can. They can like the, the yeah. free agent, they're going to sign. They could be like, all right. Technically, we can't sign you till Tuesday when we get. Yep. It. So okay. just like stand tight. Um, I think what matters is the knowledge that they're going to get it. They need to have um, some sort of indication that it's for sure going to be granted. Just to give Got guys, re- just to give you guys reference, they did not get a DPE for Clay last year. Yeah, they didn't because yep. he tore his ACL in J- June last year. And in technically, he could have played in June of 2020. I mean, we were expecting him to play. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm remember that? There's like, it's, yeah. it's different. Yeah. This is whereas, different. Whereas I think, well, I know the Wizards got one for John Wall because he tore his Achilles in January. And like, let's be real. If you tear your Achilles in January, you're not going to be healthy by June, right? And um, I think Boogie Cousins may have even got one with the Lakers for when he tore his ACL in the summertime last year because they're like, there's no way he's going to be ready by the end of the season. So I think they're probably going to get it, and that's a third exception they have to work with. And that takes us to the uh, the news item of the day. Shams is uh, reporting that the Warriors are on the verge of – acquiring Kelly Oubre. Yeah, this is a, this, this is a, if you, if you guys are, by the way, if you don't subscribe to light years premium, you should, because, uh, well, number one, you get more podcasts. I think we've churned out two extra ones this week already. Um, we had the, the pregame show that she came out with, uh, or came to join us. Uh, and then there's a discord chat that really talked about Kelly, Oubre, Kelly Oubre, I think every day, uh, for like half a year. And I, I shit you not Sam every day. Um, and it finally happened. I think Kirk Lacob read the text. I think Kirk Lacob has a burner and signed up for Light Years Premium. Uh, and he did it. $17 million exception. Ubre's contract is $14 million. Right. And Sam, what was it added up to? $82 million total that the Warriors are now so, paying? Yeah. So, oh, no, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just for Ubre. Just for Ubre. So uh, let, let me get the numbers here just so listeners <laughs> oh, get boy. accurately. So um, oh, one, there is going to be luxury tax relief this year, but no one knows how much it's going to be. It's basically going to be if BRI drops 20%, the luxury tax will drop 20%. So it's going to be in line with whatever that is, which is to say 
it's not as serious a relief as you think, but it's just in line with like the league, you know, they're, they're going to have no fans in the stands. Right. So there needs to be some sort of protection for that. Right. Long story short, most people think it means it'll drop 30%. And the luxury tax is a progressive tax. So the higher up you go into it, the more you get taxed. It's a Biden uh, sim- plan. Yeah. Sim- I mean, it's just the U.S. tax policy. But anyway, uh, Uber gets $14.4 million next year because of the Warriors payroll, which is already over the cap with Wiggins, Steph, Clay, Draymond. And don't forget, Wiseman makes 8.2. Or 8.5, maybe even. Anyway, um, because of that, Ubre's tax, the tax to acquire Rube is 68 million, give or take, which is to say they're going to pay five times as much of his contract value just to bring him on, or four times as much. Insane. Absolutely. I can't think of another owner who would do that in a season like this. Maybe you get, uh, Maybe you get like the, the bus family to do that for the Lakers if they're on the verge of winning a title or like a couple or a team like that. Absolutely but like, insane. But like doing it in what's essentially a year that I don't think anyone thinks they're going to win a title. Couple things. Number one, the league's not making money. The Warriors are not making money. Number two, uh, uh, like what you just said, they just lost their second best player on the team to an Achilles injury. Uh, number three, it's Kelly Oubre. Look, Kelly Oubre's fine. He's athletic. Apparently, he's good looking. And there's upside. And there's upside. He's 24. He's an expiring contract. So I guess he's out next season, maybe, unless they want to sign him. They have his rights. They have flexibility. Right. But Jesus, that is a lot of money. Not my money. Not your money. Uh, Joe Lacob, very rich man. Goober, very rich man. So it doesn't matter. Still, still, you look at Tillman Fertitta, who retweeted this uh, and was laughing about it. Just absolute disgrace to the NBA, Tillman Fertitta. Ryan McDonough who was, I believe, the ex-exec for the Phoenix Suns, right? So he worked under Robert Sarver. Just tweeted Robert that. Sarver, an owner who's not known for spending. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who I believe, he, ju- he literally just said, I once had an owner ask me why my cell phone bill, which was under 200 bucks, was so expensive. Okay? Um, so this is, uh, this, Joe Lacob's the man for this. Like, truly, like, that is, that is a great move. I'm saying he should always spend it regardless. It's not like he's going broke, but that is a move that makes you think that he truly gives a shit about winning instead of kind of like, oh, how is how do I make the most? How do I save money? Right? How do I make the most? First, money? first off, does Andy Lou spend $68 million if he's the owner in this season? Because I suspect you might be a little cheaper. That's like I have no idea what I would do, but can you imagine, right? Even if you're even if you're almost a billionaire, which I don't I don't think he's a doesn't matter. But like, geez. And like the craziest part to me, if you told me he was spending that money on Ben Simmons, like the Warriors somehow got Ben Simmons, I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. Like do that every time. You spend think, to spend. Think, yeah. Yeah. Most, most owners, maybe half the owners would do that. But Kelly Oubre is the craziest part to me. Yeah. I mean, we, can, we can break down Kelly Oubre. We, we I mean, can talk we should, about it. We should one yeah. way or another. But um, Jesus. Yeah. Kelly I wanna, Oubre. I want to talk about one last thing here. To okay. me, this this tells me Joe, Joe Lacob gets it on some level. Um, he understands what he wants to charge for Chase Center. He understands he's trying to build a brand which associates Warriors with excellence. They're not always going to win a title, but you want people to think of the Warriors the same way they think of like the Yankees 
or like these preeminent franchises where you're like win or lose, they're always in the mix. Right. And for someone like Lacob, I think he's acutely aware of the fact that if he doesn't do this, Steph might not stay. And all if he's just wasting another year of Steph's prime by being cheap, Steph might be like, dude, I love the fans here. I love everything about the Bay, but this team is not close. And maybe I should go chase a ring in Miami. Yeah, well, I'm I'm disgusted that I didn't mention this, but look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Same scenario yeah. that's happening. Like right now, like Bogdan Bogdanovich looks like he's not going to be going to the Bucks anymore, which I thought we were talking about was a great move. Doesn't look like that's happening. Um, they don't look like they're going to be a finals contender. And and if you're Giannis and you're sitting there and you're like, my prime, which is just beginning, whereas with Steph, his prime is is you know a couple years ago. Giannis probably got eight more years. Why the hell am I here? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what this what is, am I doing here? To me, this is, if anything, to me, this is a signal to his guys, which is Steph and Draymond, and the rest of the league. We're not always going to do everything perfect, but we're not going to um, leave you guys without resources. We're not going to budget you in the margins just so I can make two extra bucks. Now, and I think, the- that, I think that matters because, like, just, just be real. If you're Steph Curry – the thought had to have gone through your head like, can I win another title here? Do I have to start considering moving before the end of my career? Do I have to consider going to Miami? Like, I could see Steph loving the hell out of playing with Jimmy Butler, with Spolster, with that whole thing, you know? You know, I, that that I disagree, but only from the perspective of I just don't want to see that happening, so I don't want to sure. entertain it. That's why I would disagree. Um, perhaps that could be true. I, to, to, but again, like it's not – it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like if you're a Steph Curry, you're like, holy shit, right? Like this this guy's willing to do this. Now, Now the issue I think is but, – But what I was getting at is just to, just to tie it in because I don't want to annoy Warrior fans again. If Lacob decided to go cheap – could you see that thought start coming in Steph's head? Like, is, is this done? Are they yeah, done here? I think so, because there have been times where Lakeup has been cheap, maybe to Steph, right? So I think there have been times where Steph has been like, I think even this has been talked about. I think this has been reported that Steph, when he asked for the max contract, that Lakeup was like, hey, do you think that Steph would want to sign for, for less? <laughs> and Steph was like, fuck off. You know what I mean? So, so I think uh, certainly Steph, uh, that that for sure has entered his mind. I think this has probably changed a little bit of that. Somebody compared Joe Lacob to Jerry Jones, um, which I found pretty funny. Jerry Jones always willing to spend, but perhaps not the smartest uh, sure. owner, but he's willing to get his team. He's willing to pay to get his team where it needs to be. Um, Except and- for paying his best player. But that's, we don't need to talk with the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Cowboys podcast. Um, but I think... But but that's maybe some of the problem with the Warriors is that they need to pay smarter guys to make the basketball decisions. But we're not – again, we're going to get into that in a second. I do think, though, this move, it, it says a lot, and it also tells me that they're going to use the disable, disabled player exception and they're going to use the tax, uh, taxpayer mid-level exception. I did find it fascinating that uh, of all the people that buy, Bob Myers could name that everyone loved that it's Derek Rose who might be a warrior. So I thought that was pretty funny too. But uh, yeah, I mean, after uh, we got, we got to pay some bills, but uh, yeah. <laughs> is he tampering? No. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Like Bob, come on. We know what you're trying to do here. Um, all right. Let me, let me get through these real quick. Football is back in full swing. 
Basketball is almost back in a couple of weeks. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on, in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you uh, gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You could probably get some good odds on Steph MVP right now. I think that's probably a good bet, actually. The narrative is on his side. Head to bet online today. Control the narrative. <laughs> control, control the narrative. I should probably start that show soon. Uh, take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Uh, BetOnline.ag, you guys know what it is. Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, you know what's coming next. Indeed, 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire and every signing is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. I bet you if you're a free agent right now. What's the Frasier version of Indeed uh, Twitter? <laughs> Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes... Uh, in, on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out, $75, free $75 credit. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, man. Let's uh, let's get into it. So Kelly Oubre is not official. I I will mention. I kind of think what Slater said on our draft show yesterday is what's going to happen. I think the Warriors are going to end up trading a first round pick for him, but it's going to be so heavily protected that it's probably a second. It's going to be like one of those picks. Like, okay, if we get a top three seed, you can get the number twenty five pick out of us. But since we're probably not going to it's going to convert into a second round pick for you. And that works for OKC because they get the headline, like we got another first round pick, but in reality, they're just happy. They got off the money. Wasn't that similar to the, um, dealers? Yeah. I was just going to say who, um, who would like just wanted the headline or KD wanted the, whoever. By the way, I'm watching a video that Antonin uh, org, who's like one of the Warriors video the guys. preeminent Steph propaganda account. He is. He is. We've spawned a lot of Steph propaganda accounts, but uh, he just posted a Kelly Oubre 39 points uh, career high against the Rockets. It uh, looks like that was just this year, Sam. So It was. I actually ago. watched that game on League Pass. Um, you are, need you to are do. sick. Yeah, you need to get a life. Um, get a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Kelly Oubre, though. Uh, let's talk about his fit on the team. Do you think that he's – what do you think about him? Um, okay, we'll start with this. I. It's funny because, like, my fantasy football group chat's just texting about Warriors moves, and it's just like your quintessential friends who, you know, maybe aren't in the NBA weeds like our listeners here. And, and they – I feel like they love it. 
Oh yeah. Just yeah. complete miss um, interpretation of who Kelly Uber has been as a player. There's this assumption because he's super athletic. He's a good defender. He's not. Um, he's a guy who to date has been a lot of energy, but it hasn't necessarily translated to good defense yet. Classic. And he, um, and he, uh, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. I got a call coming in. No, no, no. Uh, you're good. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it over. The thing, the thing with Ubre to me, and you make a good point about the defense versus the offense. Uh, he looks like he could play defense because I always like comparing he's it. Got, to he's big. He's got the wingspan. He, but he's he athletic can as hell. He can yeah. move. Like I yeah. always compare it to Harrison Barnes where you watch Harrison Barnes. You're like, actually, Harry B was pretty good on defense, uh, especially I think versus fours um, and then fives. But Kelly Oubre looks like he looks like he can guard twos, threes, and fours. Like he looks like he can do it. But again, I think there's a lot of stuff where he's in the wrong team, wrong franchise, wrong system. They haven't coached him up, right? He's only 24 years old. All that stuff is like same with Andrew Wiggins, same with Aaron Gordon. Like you put these guys on the Warriors and you're like, okay, Andrew Wiggins averaged more than a steal and more than a block. Right when he was on the when in his stint with the Warriors, and you're like that could be a good defender at the one, two, three position. Kelly Oubre, you're thinking that could be the same thing guarding threes and fours, right? Like that's how I feel defensively. He has the tool set, he has the toolbox, so to speak. Can the Warriors actually get it out of him? I think is the most important part. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So to me, he's better offensively than he is defensively right now. That shot is pretty. And I don't even know if the shot's pretty, but he's he's good at cutting. He's good at scoring. He doesn't actually dominate the ball, so he should fit in with the Warriors offensively. He's not a passer. He's not a player that you're going to want to run the offense through. You know, he's not Iguodala. He's not KD. None of that. But he's a guy who tend – I mean, he scored 19 points a game last year, and – if you watch Phoenix, it was all Rubio and Booker playmaking. It was him spotting up, cutting, one dribble go, that type of stuff, which should work with the Warriors. Um, and, um, and you're right. Defensively, he has upside to be good. So we're really banking on the Warriors development staff to get him from being kind of this guy who makes some good defensive plays but isn't Mr. Consistent on that end to being a more consistent defender, quite frankly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I it, he just reminds me of Andrew Wiggins as a like that type of project so much, right? Right, so 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 much. And look, we talked ourselves into to Andrew Wiggins this year. We talked actually, we took us a day to talk ourselves in Andrew Wiggins. We talked ourselves into Aaron Gordon. You know, if he was going to be a player on this team, and I think the same thing goes for Kelly Oubre. Um, like I was saying, that shot is pretty. I think part of it's like maybe he's left handed, uh, <laughs> but he does shoot thirty six percent, I believe, from three. Uh, which is which is pretty good. Like it's not it's not Clay who shoots forty, but like that's that's legitimate. Again, he's also um, he's also was playing for the Suns, which is a problem. Like you put that with Steph Curry. Like to me, I feel like he could get to 38 percent. Like anytime you play with Steph, like that stuff blows up, right? And then Andrew Wiggins, same thing for him. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for a guy like Kelly Oubre. Um, I think it's the important piece is. I think Ron Adams can get stuff out of him defensively, Sam. I am unsure if Steve Kerr finds an offensive scheme that maxes my, that maxes my, that maximizes everyone. Um, Wiggins, Draymond, and Andrew Wiggins. I'm unsure. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, so that's an interesting question. 
Do you, we're looking at the Warriors right now and we should talk about James Wiseman too, because James Wiseman is very talented, but he's young. And the one skill I don't think he has is playmaking. So Steve Kerr has always liked having a bunch of high IQ guys who can pass. Andrew Bogey, yep. Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, yep. Kevin Durant. We can go down the list. Like they were very blessed to have that many guys who you could run your offense through. And you're never going to be that lucky. Now he has Steph and Draymond who are as high IQ as it gets and a lot of athletic upside. And I'm just looking at the lineup. If they do get Ubre, now you're talking about Steph, Draymond with Wiggins and Ubre on the wings who have all the potential in the world to be two-way guys but haven't quite put it together yet. And James Wiseman, who has all the potential to be a defensive anchor, but also hasn't done it yet. I mean, he's a rookie. He hasn't played a minute in the NBA yet. So this is this is the key point. By the way, we should probably note that uh, the Minnesota picks – actually, you already said it. Sorry. Um, yeah, we're both – this is pod number 18 this week. So uh, it, it's a little, little, uh, little repetitive on the uh, – or I'm just forgetting things. I think that you are not running at all. James Wiseman, pinch post, back to the basket, right. split <laughs> cut with Kelly Oubre and Steph Curry. Because I can guarantee you what Oubre is probably doing is running into Wiseman. <laughs> and like some, something, or just like, defenses aren't respecting him as a shooter coming off that either. You want, and this is where I like um, – I've talked about this before. This is where like sometimes I like watching the LeBron offense. Because you put the ball in his hands, he's not making a mistake. What, you're going to have KCP run, run a split cut? You're going to have KCP run a pick and roll? No, 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 no. Get the ball out of those guys' hands. Let those guys finish. And I think that's what Steve has to move towards to, to move towards offensively. He didn't do that last season, but that was because it was D'Lo. So now the question is, does he, does he actually end up doing that? Because you have enough guys that you can trust with the ball. Stephen Draymond's enough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Warriors do because I do think they need to start adapting the scheme to the players they have a little more. I don't think they're, you know, they're going to probably use the mid-level exception. They're going to probably get someone with the designated player exception. They'll probably get a couple of vets, maybe like a Kent Bazemore, stuff like stuff like that. But I don't think you're going to get another Andre Godal. You're certainly not going to get a Clay Thompson on the scrap heap. You're not going to get a lot of these um a, a lot of players you had during the run. So can you adapt to the players you get who can do certain really good things to help you win, but maybe not the things that the guys you had five years ago could do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's like what we just started the podcast with. If the Warriors are going to win a title again, they're not going to win it the same way that they did in 2014. I think they could still win a title. I think, I think clay can come back next season. I think they can win a title, but are they going to win it playing the same way that they did? No, because it's fucking 2021 when next season comes around. No, actually, 2022, Sam, when, when the 20s, uh, you know what I mean? When those finals come around, right? And, and so it's not, it's eight years removed, uh, seven years removed from the last title. So you got to change it up a little bit. I, I, Steve was the guy that, that created an offense that made the Warriors a champion. Let's never forget that. Of course. But for them to become a champion again and win a fourth title, you cannot do that. In no way are you saying, Kelly Oubre, you get the ball, you make the right decisions with one. You know, this is their offense. You have one read. If whatever the defense does, you make a snap decision off of what the defense does. Do you trust 
Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman do that? Absolutely not. And you shouldn't. You're putting those guys in a position to fail. I blame that more on Steve Kerr if that happens versus blame that on Kelly Oubre. Because why, why is Kelly Oubre the one that has to make snap decisions off of pink and roll? That should never happen. That should be something that Draymond and Steph and those guys are doing because they've done it. Um, and then I think what's also important here to note is, is who those guys get with the disabled player exception and the tax player mid-level. Um, if they end up getting Derrick Rose, that makes the bench infinitely easy. Right now, Derek Rose can run the offense. He can make the decisions, and now he's got guys. Doesn't like turn him. the ball over. It actually, it's it's a different yeah. player than the type of player the Warriors have had. You can put the ball in Derek Rose's hands and trust yep. he won't turn it over, and he'll either get to the rim or yep. collapse the defense and make a play. Uh, but you can't be. You're not running Derek Rose off of a split cut to you know come off a pin down and shoot it turning around because that's not who he is as a player. And now, and now what Steve Kerr does is like, oh, I, I want if, – if, if I'm going to run it that way, I want someone that's like super efficient doing that, right? Like I'll only change my offense for like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. But like D. Rose is not going to be that, and you should know that. So why change who he is? Because Derrick Rose is a very, very, very good backup point guard. Like he's probably the best backup point guard if he ends up coming to the Warriors in the league. Right. I mean, he's, like, he's, he's basically – you know he's 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 removed from his MVP year, but uh, yeah, he's either a kind of a lower end starter or the best yeah. six man in the NBA. Exactly, like he's his comeback has been fun to see. Like he's actually a good player. I I thought he was done. I thought he's finished. Um, but he's good. Like I think that's the name. That's that's a good name for the Warriors. Avery Bradley is probably more Warriors. Ask Sam. Like he's probably more like play good defense, off ball. Uh, doesn't really pass penetrate. the ball. Yeah, yeah, doesn't really do any of that. Like, I think they probably want Avery Bradley more than Derrick Rose. Uh, but again, Derrick Rose might cost more. Or or maybe Avery Bradley costs more. But either way, right? Like, it, it, I think Rose is the better player. They have to kind of become that. And I think maybe Bob Myers realizes this because the front office wanted Wiseman so much. You know, because that's a little bit different from what the Warriors were doing previously, too. Right, yeah. He's He's a ways removed from Andrew Bogut. He's not that kind of player. Uh, he's, he can be a very good player. He's obviously incredibly talented, but he's no one you talk to. We, we, we talked to Kevin O'Connor uh, from the ringer and Sam Vecini uh, from the athletic who both are kind of like, he can be very good, but it's unlikely he'll develop some like playmaking chops to be Marcus all, you know, that's not who he's going to be. He's going to be a guy who, rim runs and dunks the ball aggressively protects the rim and potentially becomes a good three-point shooter to go with it and you know what those are good things to have you can't have everything if he gets that because i think he gets the first couple of things like he rim runs he plays defense at the rim um and he dunks uh, which the warriors haven't had in terms of dunking and finishing sure if he does get that shot though oh my god if he gets that shot like that's like that's a superstar like I, maybe you can't win with him at the one, but I mean, that's why you have Steph. So, um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Wiseman. Um, are we, should we talk about a little bit about kind of the options that they get with the disabled player exception? Because $9.3 million. It's the same a, as the full mid-level for non-tax teams. It does open, it does open some doors. It's a lot of money. I think it puts someone like Gallinari more in play. Gallinari for the taxpayer mid-level at 5.6 was always kind of a, yep. a little bit of a pipe dream. <laughs> and we admitted that. We, yeah, we were, yeah, we, we were hoping maybe he'd really be turned on by the idea of playing with Stephen Clay. 
Uh, now he, now he could be Clay. Clay. Now he yeah, could be exactly. Clay. Yeah, now so, he could be Clay, Danilo. Or um, I don't know who else could. Gordon well, Hayward just opted out, but that seems unlikely money-wise. We know he likes the Warriors. He would have liked to come to the Warriors, but I feel like there's probably too big of a financial gap between what he can get on the open market and coming here. Honestly, so, if, if I saw Gordon Hayward take a, a pay cut from $30-plus million to $9 million with the Warriors, I honestly would open up open up the same tampering case that they're opening up with the Bucks right now. I would want to know what the <laughs> fuck happened. Like what? How, like who does that, right? But again, like Gordon Hayward's a perfect fit. Like I, I love I loved Gordon Hayward before his injury. Um, sure, but he, there's he, also he, Paul Millsap, um, Marcus Saul. How many bigs do we need, Sam? More? I mean, it, it's it's a warrior rule that you have to have seven bigs on the roster at one time. <laughs> Jesus, uh, there's guys like Kemp Bazemore, Goran Dragic. Um, Goran Dragic would be a fantastic fit. There's, you know, it's it's not the greatest market, but there are vets they can acquire. There's Kent Bazemore. There's uh, Derek Favors. There's oh my god, uh, Mason Plumley. There's oh, yeah, yeah. They could also make trades if they add another big. Maybe you trade Looney for for a wing player. You know, th- those are options too. There's Jeremy Grant. I don't know that they'll be able to get Jeremy Grant for that money, nor do I think he's the guy they should want to get. I think Joe Harris will probably be too expensive. There's options. There's obvious Jay Crowder is someone they could definitely get in that financial range. So um, Chris Dunn, I think was thrown out there for Chris a little bit Dunn's too. an excellent option for a backup uh, for kind of a third guard, excellent defender, not a shooter. But yeah, I, um, I think I think maybe not. Like I think you're probably looking at. I mean, if it's two wings, great, right? Uh, I think Ken Bazemore's maybe in the vet min level. I don't know if he's in the mid level exception, but I think if you can get two, like Jay Crowder, would probably be perfect. Sure, like, I, or I would. Someone like um, I don't hate the idea of trying to get a veteran big for Wiseman to look to learn from. Like someone like Marcus Saul would be perfect. You just run into the issue of how many bigs do you need? So you have to trade. Looney or Chris just to just to balance your roster right yeah like, really like mm-hmm. god damn Looney might be gone I mean he might be gone in this Minnesota trade too like it's five million dollars is like we talk about Lake of spending money but you know, offloading five million dollars is a lot right now um, and sometimes and it, you just got to trade to bounce out your roster it might be easier to sign a big because I'm looking here actually the more I look at this you got Marcus Saul you got Hassan Whiteside we don't really like Hassan Whiteside but um you got Derek Favors you got Tristan Thompson. Uh, these are all, even Mason Plumley. these are all guys who fit the veteran big so you don't have to, like, ask Wiseman to be what he probably shouldn't be asked to be as a rookie, right? Yeah. So Well, to me, the vet, to me, the vet big is Kevon Looney, but if you get to have Derek Favors, I take him and flip Looney, right? Like, that's a pretty simple. Right, because with, like, I do with, that with second, Looney, yeah. I mean, there's the reality of – yeah, a little, wor- little worried about his health, to be honest. Yep. A little worried. So, um, do we have anything else that we're going through, topic-wise? I think that's it. Actually, we got a. Oh, do we have questions? We can go through some questions, or should we do that for premium only? Um, let's see. We can also save these for a premium mailbag. That's what I was saying. Actually, most of them are touching on the topics we did, so let's save them for a premium mailbag. That's it for today. Uh, we appreciate everyone who subscribes. Rate five yep. stars if you haven't. And um, we'll get more stuff coming. It's going to be a weird year for the Warriors, but I do think there's 
they there's still hope they can be a playoff team and they'll be they'll make some noise and maybe it's a little more of a transitional year than we were hoping. We were really hoping they'd be competing this year. This might be more of a transition year for them. Actually, actually, you know what? Since yeah, it's I got all night. Um, I do, I do think that the Warriors. I think it is less of a transitional year, Sam, than than I think they're gonna go for it. All right, different let me ask from you, them let, actually trying to. Yeah, let me ask you this. All right, let's just say this is their roster. Um, let's say they add a couple of vets. Let's say they get Derrick Rose. Yeah. Let's say they get a Kent Bazemore to be a backup wing. Let's say they get Mason Plumley. No, no, no. I'll say oh. Derek Favors, but I can't do Plumley. It's disgusting. All right, Derek Favors. <laughs> um, and then, you know, that's their roster. Their main five are Steph, Wiggins, who, by the way, we should, we should do a Wiggins episode in the next couple of weeks. Um, Ubre, Draymond, and Wiseman. Where is that for you in the West? Ballpark. So it's still way too early. Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, but it's, that's okay. I still think that team, like, I think that team could be better than any team except for the Lakers and Clippers. I think that Denver. Team, yeah, I do. I do. De- Denver, watching Denver, it, it felt to me like they were, they really felt like a bubble team. They really, really felt like a bubble team. If Jamal Murray does it again in the regular season, then okay, I can see that. Um, but to me, that Denver team felt a little bit fluky. Um, okay. I, I can see the appeal with Michael Porter Jr., who, who's a little the talents, uh, talents, very there. obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could, you could probably make the argument that that Kelly Oubre's like that too, but not as much talent, of course. Um, I think that Warriors team could be, and I would take them to win in any series outside of the Lakers. And I just I just throw the Clippers in there because they have Kawhi and PG, who are those two guys are just you know what? Like I, I think they're they're they can be better than any team probably besides the Lakers. I will say that. Like I, I can see them beating any team in the postseason uh besides those guys. None of them none of them amaze me. This is why I thought the Warriors could win a championship when they had Clay. It's just nobody impresses me. But then you go up against it. It's a little too much when it's LeBron and KD. Or, sorry, LeBron and AD. Um, but, Sam, I, I don't think that they should be scared of any of those teams, even if Klay Thompson is out. I still think they got a shot to be the best team outside of, outside of the top one, the top two guys, the contenders. And then you look at the Eastern Conference. If they do get there, nobody is scary there either. Now that you look at the Bucks, nobody's scary there either. Miami's kind of who they are. Boston's, you know, Toronto's. This was the year. It get kind of sad here. This was the year, though, for the revenge tour. So it it is a little. Yeah, bit sad. I think I'm. I don't necessarily agree with you. I think they're clearly in the bottom half of the West um, because Ubran Wiggins. I mean, I I like their potential, but I don't think they're ready to make that jump. But I I'm okay with the Warriors if they are a feel good story in the bottom half of the West and can potentially win a round in the playoffs and then enter next off season in a much better position to make the next leap. Like I feel like the Ross, I think I, yeah, they lose to Denver. Um, Uh, I don't don't, think they have. I don't think with certainty I can say that at all. No, I don't. I I can't say it with certainty either. You're just asking me gun, gun to my head right now. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, I don't feel confident that they have enough to get beyond the second round in the West. And like, I don't think they can beat either LA team. Let's put it that way. 
And I, know, I think Clippers are near an implosion, but you're right. You're right. They could be. But what, right. what I'm saying is they're, uh, you know, losing clay really hurts. Yeah. I don't mind Uber. Like I, what sucks is I would have loved Uber as a project with clay on the roster, but here we are. So now I, I feel like it's a regroup period. Let's see what happens with them. And, you know, not all hope is lost, I guess. I is what I, I say. The yeah, big thing I, is stay healthy, stay healthy for me, stay healthy. See what playing 70 games with Steph does for Wiggins and Oubre and then start taking stock of what your next move is. I think that may be that should be where we end this podcast and that should be where we talk what we talk about the next couple of weeks is how much Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre can actually grow. Number one in also this is with Steph. <laughs> and Wiseman with Steph Curry. Like it really is. Like Steph is he he and Actually, I think it's just Steph. He is number one at maximizing everyone around him. There's nobody like him, like mm-hmm. absolutely no one in terms of like he can he can help someone become that much better. And the Warriors have three guys in the starting lineup that you're like, and, and the and the fourth guy, Sam, has made his career on Steph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, mean, I, would, have, I realize we didn't even get enough into Wiseman, but we've talked so much about him on the last weeks couple weeks episodes if you want Wiseman talk listen to the KOC episode listen to the Vicini episode listen to the uh, Partno episode and everything like that and we'll we'll dive more into Wiseman over the next few weeks because he's a big part of this too he's a huge yeah. part he's he's going to be a major Literally. determining piece of where they go actually yes he he's going to be the guy I think because Ubre may not be here next year Wiseman's going to be the guy that after the season you can say, yeah, these Warriors are going to be in finals contention. Or you're going to say, all right, well, how are we going to get Giannis? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, exactly. Or, or, I mean, you can still trade for Giannis by flipping Wiseman if he's good. So that's another fight spot. But we're an hour in, pod number four of the five of the week. So yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get out of here, join the premium show. We'll be back in like a day, I'm sure. Appreciate you.